Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. If you've ever tried to add a product to your Shopify store with more than 100 total combinations of variants, you know what happens. You can't. Fortunately, Bold has a solution. The number one options app on Shopify is Bold Apps product options. It lets you create unlimited and sophisticated options and then save them to a library and assign them to one or 10,000 products with just one click. It even lets you bulk update those options just as easily. So, for example, you could add file uploads, text fields, text areas, date pickers, multi-selects, radio buttons, checkboxes, multi-checkboxes, and more. You can even set options to be required or not, add tooltips, basically everything that the customer needs to have a great user experience. It even has conditional logic, so you can show or hide options based off selections. If you want to try product options for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. The unofficial Shopify podcast also gets support from our friends at Rewind. You probably back up your important computer files, right? But what about your Shopify store? Not many people realize that Shopify doesn't have a way for store owners to recover deleted items. When something's deleted in Shopify, it's gone forever. But not when you have Rewind. Rewind lets you recover deleted items from Shopify. If you've used Time Machine for the Mac, it's like that, but for Shopify. Rewind backs up all sorts of stuff. Your products and product images theme and theme assets, customers, orders, collections, pages, blogs, articles, comments, and more. And then if something happens to them, say an employee makes a mistake, or an app that you've installed has a bug, Rewind can help you rewind back to the way things were. They have a five-star rating in the Shopify App Store, and are backing up an insane 100 million items for thousands of Shopify stores right now. Here's the best part. It starts at just five bucks a month. You can get a free 14-day trial of Rewind by going to ecommerce-bootcamp.com slash rewind. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast, recording from EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Today in the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're talking about ways to make more money. It's usually what we're always talking about. Um, but I've got got a wonderful guest here, Candice Gaelic, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Bikini Lux, um, which is a wonderful brand, but has had huge, explosive growth in a very short period of time um, using some some interesting... Uh, social media approaches that we're going to get into. But essentially, in less than 20 months, she's taken her retail company from a tiny living room table in Miami Beach to a warehouse and a team of more than 40 employees worldwide and has amassed a social media following of more than 250,000 people. So certainly has has put me to shame. Um, Candice, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to be here. <laughs> so tell me, uh, what is Bikini Lux? So Bikini Lux is an online retail platform that um, sells women swimwear and clothing, cover-ups, um, essentially everything that you would need if you're going to be going to a tropical location um, or, you know, just lounging by the pool. Sounds, sounds simple and straightforward. How did you get started in this? Um, I got started, let's see, I guess my idea for creating my my business was to kind of give myself a long-lasting career. 
um, and I wanted to do something that I enjoyed and I wanted to be happy working all day, every day, which is what we all do, right? So um, I stuck to what I knew best, which was um, sales and customer service and also the swimwear industry in Miami. I, I knew pretty well. I had a lot of connections there. So I utilized those and um, decided that I was going to sell swimwear online. And it's been um a great experience kind of learning the ins and out of, of running an e-commerce business. No, absolutely. I think, yeah, uh, I've seen so many successful people who start with their passion, um, and it sounds like that's what you did. So I, I tell people to look for, if they haven't found an issue, I say, look for where you have an unfair advantage, right? So you had uh, a network in this, you had exp- uh, in the in Miami, in this bikini industry, uh, or swimmer industry, you had um, customer service experience. So for and you were you were into it. So it doesn't feel like work anymore. It's easy to motivate yourself. So you now you've before you've even started, you've stacked the the deck in your favor there. So I think that's a, a great way to go about it. Um, and when you started, you had you did this in your living room. What was the first step? <laughs> oh gosh, you know, honestly, I learned a lot about doing business online. Um, via Google. You know, I did what everyone else did. I I had questions and I needed answers and I didn't know where to get those answers. So I Googled them. You know, you can, you can find people out there who are willing to share their knowledge just by doing a simple search of something that you, you don't expect to actually get answers from, but you will. Um, and you know, especially with the Shopify community, there are so many people who have done exactly what you're doing um, and they've they've succeeded. So they're out there kind of sharing their little tidbits of knowledge on the ins and out of what they did. So I, I learned a lot from that. And, and early on, I kind of did some research on, you know, what brands um, people were looking for, um, what styles were trending. You know, for me, it's it's mostly somewhere in clothing. So um, it's it's ever changing. And there's a really quick turnaround time. You know, something's in one moment and then it's out before you even know it. So um, it was definitely um, a, a quick learning curve and a steep learning curve. And um, I, I just really stuck with it. And I think that's what a lot of people need to do when they're first starting out. Yeah, often, um, we talked in the pre-interview that, that one of Shopify's most powerful features is that ecosystem, is that community, and just the people's willingness to help each other. And you're right, the, the easy way to get into that is just Google it. Like, I'll generally search a, I mean, most most uh, client questions to me just result in me Googling it for them and then paraphrasing what I found, right? Because there's so much information <laughs> out there. Um, and usually it's like generic e-commerce question and then you just add the word Shopify and now suddenly you have this very relevant response. Um, right. And you know, what's interesting is with the Shopify, um, ecosystem, like I, I go on to the Shopify forums, um, on Facebook, I'm sorry, not the forums, but like the Facebook group. Um, and you'll see people on there who are just starting out and they're saying, you know, I've tried everything. I've been doing this for months and I'm not seeing any sales. What am I doing wrong? And they, they post their site. Um, and actually I learn a lot just by looking at that because I'll go take a look at their site and I'll say, oh my gosh, like these are the, the blaring or glaring problems to me. Um, but also reading other people's comments and input kind of make you reevaluate what you're doing yourself because you might miss something that other people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person's doing that. Like, here's how you fix it. Um, so you actually learn a lot, even, um, in the comment section, 
just kind of getting feedback from from people in a similar situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest problem facing everybody with an online business, regardless if it's Shopify, is it gets difficult to see the forest through the trees because you spend more time on your site than anybody else. Um, so having these, uh, having a, you know an outside perspective, even just looking at someone else's website and saying, well, here's what you're doing wrong or right, and then realizing like, hey, I'm doing some of that or there's stuff I should be doing and I'm not, it's really helpful. Um, I do a lot of, uh, of coaching for freelancers and I'll give them advice and then realize like, wait, sh- I should be taking my own advice. Um, <laughs> so it, it can be helpful like for your own business just to participate and help other people. So I don't think it's totally well, one-sided. I agree. And, you know, I feel the same way sometimes. I catch myself giving this amazing, like life-changing advice. And I'm like, wait, I don't even do that all the time. Like, what am I talking about? <laughs> but, you know, it's it's easy to be a, well, I feel like it's easier to be a coach than it is to be the player. You know, like you see these, like, for example, these amazing athletes in these soccer teams and their coaches, you know, like they're not going to be kicking around the ball like that, but they can tell you how to do it. Um, so, I don't know, I feel like you, you kind of learn it and sometimes you forget, but it is important to kind of get back out there and, and practice what you preach. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, okay, so when you started out, how many products did you start with and how do you get them? This always fascinates me because I never, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, so um, early on, um, I didn't, A, I didn't have a reputation, so nobody wanted to really sell anything to me. Like, why would they? Your website's brand new, you have no followers, you're you're essentially invisible, right? So a lot of the larger scale brands that are trending don't really have any interest in you yet. Um, so what I did early on was import goods from China, which I believe a lot of people do because I see it in the Shopify chat all the time. Um, the issue there lies, you know, you have quality issues, you have, um, length of time for shipping, um, all sorts of different things. Um, especially the people who try to drop ship from, from China. It's just, I don't think it's worth the headache. Um, but um, that's what it drop shipping straight off Alibaba is a tough business. Uh, last quarter I tried to do, I said, you know, I'm going to do an ugly sweater website and then you know the (laughs) shipping times from Alibaba are what did me in where it's like, okay, even if I get this up right now and get traction, people aren't going to get their sweaters till almost Christmas. And then if they don't get them by Christmas, I'm going to be sending out a lot of refunds. Yeah. And, and people, you know, these days with, with Amazon prime and all of that, they're not really willing to wait that long, honestly, you know, like they expect it at their doorstep within two days. And if it's not, they're not happy about it. So, um, I've never really recommended drop shipping internationally to anyone. Um, but you know, that's what I did early on is I, I stocked products from China and I had a, a tremendous trial and error, um, experience with the quality of the products. Um, and you know, running out of stock and then, you know, running into issues with how long it came, it took to come back into inventory and, and unhappy customers. So I kind of changed my, my gears, um, pretty early on. Um, to focus on the brands that were local to me and that I could get um, get inventory of on a relatively quickly basis. So did you what, did you go directly to them and, and get FaceTime and say, hey, I'm, I'm starting this business, sell me your stuff? Because it's, it's <laughs> funny how hard it is to get people to become a wholesaler or distributor for someone. Like it, there really is quite, if it's an established brand, they have uh, a pretty high bar they set. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, especially with online, you have to understand that a lot of the actual designers and brands themselves, you know, they have to keep their reputation in mind. So, you know, is selling to you someone who barely even exists going to benefit them in any way besides, you know, getting a small order in? Like, maybe, maybe not. So, um, you know, it's it's hard in the beginning. There, there were plenty of people who said no to me. Um, and, and early on that really broke my heart. Cause I was like, what do you mean? No, I'm working so hard and you should love me and, and let me sell your things. I, I swear I'm going to sell them. And they're just like, yeah, like, no. So, um, what I did was I went back to some of those connections that I did have and, and kind of talked to them and said, listen, this is what I'm doing. Um, I, I promise I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard on this and just give me a chance to sell your products and, and let's see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and that's it. Um, and they kind of gave me um, the opportunity early on. And then having those brands afforded me the, the trust of other brands. Um, so, you know, I, I also believe in the power of um, pitching someone in person. You know, I feel like so many people send out these like blast emails to inboxes and, and I'm guilty of it myself. I'll like barely look at them, just delete them. Like, oh my gosh, I'm being being pitched left and right and I just not interested And sometimes you probably you you might miss something that's actually a really good opportunity so I'm a fan of pitching people in person um with a good strong well-informed kind of um spiel if you say um and I feel like that gets the job done better than you know just kind of sending out random emails and hoping for a response yeah sending out uh, everybody just want yeah everyone just wants to send emails I just will delete emails without even reading them. Um, if it, if I don't recognize the name, like it better be really catchy before if I'm going to open it because I get yeah. so many, I'm inundated by this stuff. Um, of course. And then you have the ones who also add you to their mailing list, which you definitely never signed up for. And oh, it's yeah, just that's a pain a to get, get all of their emails. Then you just dislike them even more because you're like, stop spamming me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they think that's okay. Uh, but yeah, that drives me crazy. It's like, I definitely did mm-hmm. not opt into this, this newsletter. Right? Thank you. I for don't this. even know who you are. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. It's no way to build a relationship. Um, no. And some of the most successful people I've worked with are barely in their inbox, spend most of their time on the phone because clearly that's like a much more, you know, 15 minutes on the phone is worth 50 emails and, you know, five minutes of FaceTime is, is worth more than any of that. So how did you get to, uh, FaceTime with these people? Um, well, early on, the ones that I carried, I knew them. So that was easy. Um, and then um, the other brands, I started going to different, um, not really conventions, but, you know, they have those like, what are they? I call them conventions. I know that's not what they're called. They're like giant meetings and get togethers of brands and they sell you stuff right so there's like row upon row of different brands that are just waiting to like sell you their stuff at wholesale um so i, I went know to what those that would be called yeah, i know what you're talking like about I don't some, know what they're called some people call them shows conventions like an expo yeah, show yeah expo something. yeah a lot of expo but when i think expo i think of more like business material like not fashion but i, I don't know it's probably an expo um so I went to those. Um, I went to the ones in Florida. I went to some in California, um, New York even, and kind of just met people face-to-face, saw their products up close and personal. Um, and in the beginning, I would just walk to every single one of them. I would just 
one after the next. Like, yes, you just saw me pitch the person across the row from you, but here I am, and I'm going to do it all over again. And and I did that until people said yes. And, and there were people who said yes, because there are people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum where they're trying to get people to sell their product and they're in the same position as you starting out and they're willing to give someone a chance just like you're willing to give a brand a chance by selling their product um so people said yes early on and you know it kind of just tumbled on from there you know as we became more um popular and um had more of a reputation then people started reaching out to us and and now some of the brands who started out by saying no are in my inbox. And, you know, at this point, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, it does feel good. And, and if it's at this point not a good move for me, then sorry, it's not a good move for me. We, we kind of miss that opportunity. So um, it, it's interesting that eventually it does turn around and people are reaching out to you and you're not the one reaching out to them. And it's, it's such a good feeling when you've built that authority and now suddenly you're the prize in the relationship and things have flipped. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. So, you know, I don't feel like a lot of, a lot of other retailers, um, especially online retailers are doing what we're doing and that we're trying to grow the brand that we're selling just as much as we're trying to grow ourselves, you know, because the more people that know about the brand that we're selling, um, the better it is for us because they're going to be interested and be online searching for it. So, um, you know, the internet is a really strange place, um, but it's really fun to learn all the ins and outs of. Absolutely. So you've got, I think, um, you know, for you starting out, getting the product, being able to sell it, that was, that was a hurdle to get over. But then you're facing another huge hurdle, which is how do I get traffic? How do I get anyone to hear about me and buy from me? And you, uh, it sounds like you are a master of, of social media marketing where you've got this, this huge following. How did you do it? I don't even know where to begin with social media. Um, you know, I think the first step when it comes to social media is actually being on it. You know, like everybody wants to be popular on social media, but they don't create any content. They don't post. They, they don't interact with anybody else. They just sit back and wait for people to discover them and... And unfortunately, in 2017, that's just not going to happen. You know, you, you have to put work into it just like everything else. Um, and I've seen the trends in social media change so drastically from, from when I started a few years ago to now. You know, now it's all about what major influencer is, is talking about you. And in, in my world, that's fashion bloggers and, and, influencers you know before it was just oh you hire a pretty model and you put your swimwear on her and she she looks good and and things just sell but now it's it's not that simple um you know to get followers you need people talking about you and to get people talking about you you need to have a story and to have a story you you got to work for it you know you gotta you gotta make one happen so um, so how do you communicate that? Like, say, uh, you know, Instagram is a really, um, you know, that's the for fashion brands, that's where I really see them ex uh, excelling is Instagram. How do you communicate a story on Instagram? You know, for me, like, I use Instagram, just I like, I follow a bunch of car stuff. I like to see cool car pictures, right? Um, but so how do you communicate that story as a brand uh, on Instagram? Um, how do you build that following? And then my follow-up question, of course, is going to be, let's talk about influencer marketing because this is like a, you get, a master class could be taught just on this one piece of Instagram. Yeah, of course. So 
you know, with us now, we have so many products on the website. I think we have over 3,500 right now. Um, and that's always kind of revolving. Like, I think we're currently adding five new brands this week, so we'll have more. Um, we're never short on content in terms of beautiful photos. Um, you know, what we are short on is, um, time <laughs> to share everything. Um, but, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of create a cohesive look and a cohesive storyline when it, when you have that many available products to you and that, that many brands, um, because there's just a flow of, of fresh new photos on a daily basis, whether they're, they're from the brands themselves or we're, we're doing photo shoots or our customers are sending us in pictures of them, um, with their best friends while on vacation. Um, so that's, that's the fun part. Um, the difficult part is getting people to interact, you know, especially now with everyone's um, attention span being so short and, um, you know, I feel like people on social media are very selfish. I'm a very selfish um, social media person. I will just scroll. I hardly ever comment. You know, I'm just like, oh, I like this picture. Okay, next. I like this picture. Next. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are like that, especially on Instagram. Um, so getting people interested in what you're saying, I feel like, is difficult because you really have to, to reach them. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I feel like one way that really speaks to people is to be referred to a brand or company by someone that they know and, and trust. And, and they may not know them personally, but they might know them because they're their favorite influencer. So, you know, it's someone everyone, with star power, star power. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like celebrities now are not the celebrities of the past. They're more, you know they're they're tagging what they're wearing they're they're tagging where they're they're eating or what hotel they're staying at and and you know what beauty product they're wearing and those items are just selling out faster than you can restock the shelves um you know if if kylie jenner posts something it's going to be sold out and that business is going to have a huge jump in sales and that's probably why she charges so much per post um, right um yeah, you're right. I mean, my kids. Charges, yeah, <laughs> my kids are, you know, they're only, they're only five and seven, but they really have very little interest in TV or movies. What they're into is YouTube, and like they will. If you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they'll tell you, "I want to be a YouTuber." Like that's what's, um, you know, the, those social media influencers, which are like the most ridiculous inane videos I've ever seen, but they've got millions of followers, and like that's what what yeah. uh, that's what the kids are into. I said as a as I feel very old. <laughs> no, it's true and it's it's because it's entertaining and it's it's readily available at their fingertips. You know, TV is is it was great, you know. I grew up watching TV, but now like I can't search my TV and say, "Hey, I want to watch stupid videos about people pulling pranks on each other." Like you'll get maybe a handful of results possibly on Netflix, but that's about it. But if you type that into YouTube, you could find anything you want. If you want beauty tutorials, they're on there. Um, so I, I totally understand why, why kids these days love YouTube and, and all these social media platforms. And it's because whatever they want, they can see it whenever they want to. Yeah. It's really so, this, like very micro niched content. Like, oh, I want to yeah. like my kids will be like, we want to see, vi they'll just make up things to search for. And without fail, there's always results. They'll be like, we want to see Mario mods in Minecraft. And it's going to be a how-to and like type it in and there won't be one video. There'll be like 400. It's just unreal. The amount of content of that's out there and like the more niche it is, it seems the better it gets. 
So you've been uh, highly successful in, in driving sales and engagement with your audience through um, fashion influencers and influencer marketing. I love the idea. I've had other clients, same success, you know, with influencer marketing um, to drive brand awareness and drive sales. How do you even begin to go about it? I have no idea. Um, it was a tough learning curve for me. I'll be really honest with you. Um, you know, with the the rapid growth of the influencer community, you also have um, wannabes, right? Like that, just like everything else. And and I don't mean to use such a harsh term because wannabe is terrible. But you have a lot of people who want all the perks that an influencer receives without actually giving you anything in return. Um, and that's kind of difficult to distinguish these days. You know, people, we know that people buy followers and likes and, and even comments these days. So it's difficult to kind of gauge who's getting real traction and who's not and who's actually worth um, paying or even collaborating with by giving them free products or whatever it may be. Um, you know, sometimes we still get tricked. You, you never know, really. But um, I tend to look for people who have an engaging following. So people who are commenting specific details about whatever the girl's wearing or where did she get what she's wearing? Like, oh my gosh, I love that green dress on you. Or where did you get this, this yellow bikini from? I, I need that. Like comments that are specific kind of tell you that people care what they're wearing and, and want to buy it. Um, you know, we get a lot of, of people who have a huge following, but maybe not a fashion following requesting products, um, and even payment for posts. And, you know, some people might, might go for it but it, for me to to pay someone who has a primarily male following who just likes the photos but isn't going to turn into um, a buying customer isn't that important to me um, because I don't just want a bunch of random creepy dudes posting on our pictures <laughs> like that's hot like that's just not going to help me yeah that's it, um, that's engagement but it's nothing that's going to convert to sales for you right and it'll probably scare off the real women who are on there <laughs> So, um, so it's kind of difficult to distinguish who is valuable to your brand and who's not, but it's a trial and error process. Um, also, you know, we kind of reward our customers for, for taking photos and for recommending us to their friends. Um, you know, a lot of people who are buying swimwear and especially some of the brands that carry, they're kind of, um, cheekier, you know, like they're meant for being outdoors and, and tanning and and being fashionable so um a lot of the girls have these great bodies and they're just on these amazing vacations like with their friends and family and they're, they're doing cool stuff right so um we reward those people for sharing pictures and tagging us by sending them a ten dollar gift card to use on their next purchase oh very um, good. so yeah so i mean they may already be taking the pictures but are they properly tagging you may or be or maybe not but if you entice them to tag you properly now all of their friends are like, oh my gosh, Sarah recommends Bikini Lux, so I'm going to shop at Bikini Lux next time I need something. Um, and just getting that into people's heads and having them become familiar with your brand is important. And I feel like a $10 gift card really, it, it's not a big deal on our end, and, um, and it, more it than might pays help for out itself. the customer. Yeah, it more than pays for itself, but also the customer's happy because they feel like they're getting a deal. Um, and they're getting a good quality product that they, from 
that's recommended by someone that they trust. So how does, um, what are the logistics on that? Did someone just monitor these Instagram posts and then send out uh, gift cards? How does that work? Yeah, well, we asked them to tag us properly. So by using hashtags like um, Bikini Lux or Bikini Lux Babe, um, so we can kind of easily find them. Um, and also tagging the actual picture so that it, it notifies us and it goes on to our profile um, on the tagged photos. So we can kind of sort through there on a daily basis and see who's who's doing what and and um, give them credit for that. And then we check basically their name with the order and send them a gift card. So uh, in the in the vein of social media, um, but switching gears a little bit, I have never thought about LinkedIn as something that I would use for e-commerce and certainly not for an e-commerce fashion brand selling bikinis. But you managed to go viral, as much as I hate that phrase, you managed to go viral on LinkedIn (laughs) and increase your traffic 30% and your sales 20% using LinkedIn. You may be the only person who has monetized LinkedIn with bikinis. How did this happen? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have this amazing love-hate relationship with LinkedIn, right? I mean, I really, really, yeah, (laughs) you know, I really struggle with it sometimes. Um, You know, I joined LinkedIn for the same reason everyone joins LinkedIn. It was just to become viewed as more professional, you know, as a a young woman um, living in Miami, selling swimwear online. um, You know, people just don't really take you that seriously. They're like, oh, another person selling bikinis. Great. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get on LinkedIn and I'm going to have a professional network. Okay. Started that. Um, and I started posting the same kind of imagery that I had posted across all of our other platforms, whether it was Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest even, which is a really image heavy, um, kind of community. And what happened on LinkedIn was that people just wanted to tell me what they thought, um, and it was interesting to me because everyone's looking for engagement, right? So you, you want people to comment and, and you want them to interact with you. Um, but what's different about LinkedIn is that, or what was, a lot has changed and, and is changing, but it's still kind of true. So when someone comments on your post on LinkedIn, everybody that they're connected to sees it. So whenever someone commented on my posts, whether they were saying something positive or negative, um, their entire connection list would be notified. Um, and what that afforded me was a much larger reach than the connections that I had. Um, it afforded me everyone else's connections. So people were telling me that on the first few posts that swimwear was not acceptable or appropriate for LinkedIn, that this was a business networking website and they're at work and they don't need to be seeing pictures of women in bikinis. Okay, I get it. Right. I can only imagine that if you're in like a a regular office, that's probably not a great idea. Um, But I am a business owner and I sell swimwear and I felt like I belonged on there just as much as anybody else did. Um, So what happened was I posted a picture posing the question, um, is this acceptable for LinkedIn? And people went crazy because... (laughs) They were already commenting, but now when you ask them a question, they felt the need to really tell you how they felt. Um, and that gained a lot of, of interaction, a lot of comments. And what was great about that is that the more comments there are, the more people in their networks are being, are being shown. So it got really crazy in the beginning. Um, people were just, some people were negative, 
Um, and then some people jumped on and, and totally agreed with me and decided to start defending my honor almost. Um, so then a few, um, a few arguments ensued, um, in the comments section, which is always entertaining. Um, but it just spiraled out of control post after post and it just grew because so many people were seeing me and being notified of, of Candace Gallic and of bikini Lux, And they're like, what is going on? Why am I seeing this girl every single time that I log into LinkedIn? Um, so people started <laughs> following me and keeping up with, with what was going on. They wanted to see what was being posted and what was being said. And, and it was amazing, honestly. And, um, I think now I have like 52,000 connections, um, when I still have thousands of people waiting to be connected to, but I just can't connect to any more people. So I kind of have to like kick someone off the list to add someone else. And that's really hard to do. Um, so that's where we're at now. But, you know, LinkedIn in that whole situation kind of afforded me um, more opportunities in that um, I have my own ink column after that whole debacle um, and because of the writing that I put on there. Hmm. And and now, just the other day, I was nominated as um, one of the Forbes 30 Under 30. Congratulations. Is, That's huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I've been excited since the day that I found out. Um, and I couldn't tell anybody and I couldn't post anything about it. And I was just like, my mom is going to be so excited. I'm looking through you had, and I'll link to this in the show notes. You wrote um, like a retrospective article on this post, and you have screenshots of the comments and messages people sent to you, and it is unreal uh, the stuff that people sent. I mean, there's a message from you that's just want to let you know you cost me a client today. He was checking my LinkedIn profile, so I'd liked one of your posts, and then sent me a note that uh, he no longer was interested in pursuing a conversation. This is insane to me because the photo itself is, is PG. You know, we're, it, this, it's in yeah. no way pornographic, but uh, these people become complete. For some reason, because it's LinkedIn, they become completely puritanical. Yeah, and, and there, there are, I guess we call them the LinkedIn police, that they're just, they're just furious, and I don't know why. There, there's one people person love to who be said outraged. that, they do. There was one person that said that they were going to be some. Oh, someone threatened to report them to the the board. Um, they were doctors. Um, they wanted their license revoked because they had shared one of my posts in support of me. That's and nuts. I, I just thought that was the craziest thing I had ever heard. Like, why would this man's license be revoked for sharing a completely PG? Um, social media post, like in support of someone. It's not like he had threatened my life. Had he threatened my life, like many of the other commenters, I could totally understand someone having something negative to say about them, but that wasn't the case. So um, I do feel for the people who were negatively affected by supporting me because that's just unfair to them. Um, and, and I think it's ridiculous that someone could be could receive any sort of harm by supporting another person. Yeah, that's um, very silly. You know. um, but it, it is fascinating. Uh, in, in the end, I mean, it was a, a net benefit for you and clearly created an interesting discussion about what is and isn't appropriate for LinkedIn. Um, yeah, <laughs> so no, net win for everybody. Um, and I'll link to the right. yeah. the retrospective on this because it is, it is fascinating. you got to check this out. Um, 
Well, Candice, you've said it all. We're coming to the end of our time together. You know, as you participate, this is my closing question. As you participate in these these Facebook groups, I bet there's a there's a some misinformation you often see that drives you crazy. And now is the opportunity. Um, if there's like one thing that everybody gets wrong that you uh, want to correct, now's the time to to speak that that one to many um, and and get that info corrected. <laughs> um, I'll just stick with something that irks me because I feel like I've been hearing it a lot lately. Um, people tell me all the time that their backup career, if all else fails, is that they're just going to sell some stuff online because it looks really easy. <laughs> um, it's not easy. I think everyone no, listening no, to this not. knows that it is not easy um, and that it requires a lot of work and, and sacrifice and dedication and and really, you know, just kind of buckling down and, and getting it done. So. Um, to anyone out there who thinks that what we do is simple, um, I'd like to see you try it and <laughs> and let me know how it goes for you. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it is. It's way harder than people realize. And especially like with new store owners, I tell them, you know, many times I'm like, okay, you think the hard part's setting up the store. The hard part's going to be building the audience, right? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, no, I know I got a plan. And then, you know, the, the best laid plans don't work out. And then it's, you know, Kurt, how do we get traffic? Um, because that it is, it's really hard. I mean, there's so much yeah. out there. There's so much noise. That's actually one of the questions that, um, they, that they asked in the Tim Ferriss Q and a, they said, if you had two weeks and $5,000 to, to grow your traffic or to drive traffic, what would you do with it? That's a great question. Um, and he, right. And he said, um, I would spend the $5,000 on having experiences and then I would write about it and, and share it online. That's also a, a clever and good answer. Yeah, and that's a lot of what he does. Um, yeah, he's mm-hmm. fascinating. If anyone hasn't checked out Tim Ferriss, you know, his, his big claim was the writing the four-hour work week, um, which we've mm-hmm. talked about in the show before. And then, But since then, I mean, just he's created tremendous content out there, um, just like his Facebook page. He posts interesting stuff all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, Candace, where can people go to learn more about you? Um, I would direct all of you to bikinilux.com, considering it's 2017, and I know everyone's New Year's resolution was to get fit and stay healthy. So when you hit that that achievement, that, that mile marker, go to bikinilux.com, get yourself a whole new swimwear wardrobe. Um, and if you're looking for more information solely on me, you should head over to LinkedIn and check out some of my posts. Candice, thank you. This has been enlightening, informative. You're a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for having me, and um, have a great day, everyone. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.